Welcome to the Beyond the Reef podcast, where I talk to experts and researchers in the reef aquarium hobby, discussing a broad range of topics from corals and reef biology to water chemistry and equipment. We take a deep dive into our guests' methods, techniques, and top reef keeping tips. My name is Adam Sutherland, and I am the owner-operator of Frag Garage Corals, based out of British Columbia, Canada. My guest for this episode is Ryan Cunningham, a.k.a. Chumminghams Reef, based out of Illinois. So if you don't know Ryan, he is in his last year of residency, so he's basically a, a medical doctor. Um, and I think he is able to apply some of his knowledge of medicine and biology to the uh, aquarium hobby, which is, which is good to get some of that perspective on. I probably could have talked to Ryan for a couple hours more, um, but we covered quite a bit of stuff. Uh, we talked about some potential treatments for Acropora eating flatworms in tank. We talked about his use of the Moonshiners method and the success that he's had with it. Uh, lots of different things to do with feeding, nutrients. Uh, I think it was a really fun conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. I will link to his website and social media links below and also to an episode of the Reef Dudes live stream that Ryan and I did together about a year and a bit ago. Thanks to the direct support of hobbyist Bobby Heath, I'm happy to bring this podcast to you absolutely ad-free. If you want to support us, the best thing you can do is like, subscribe, share, write us a review, and if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions for a future episode, please reach out. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Chumminghams Reef. All right, Ryan, thanks for joining me. Hey, man, thanks for thanks for having me on. I'm really uh, really excited to be here. Yeah, I finally uh, tracked you down. You're a you're a busy man. Yes, unfortunately, uh, been pretty busy with work. Uh, still in residency uh, in my last year here, so finishing up soon. Yeah, it must be like a tough thing to find a balance between doing coral, selling and shipping coral and, you know, working basically as a full-time physician, like. Oh yes. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty difficult. Um, you know, luckily I have a lot of patience, uh, with my, uh, in, in my customers are really patient. So I'm really appreciative of them. Yeah. Um, but you know, there it's, it's usually like a month on month off where I do like a, a month of service and then a month of, uh, elective. So the elective months are usually the, the, the time that I try to focus on, uh, getting corals out and stuff like yeah. that. Nice. Yeah. That's not yeah. too bad. Um, yeah, you've mm-hmm. actually been the most requested guest to be on this podcast. <laughs> oh man. Well, that, that's, uh, I love to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah. So people, I people, know that. people, people are fans of you for sure. Like even if you're just oh, a smaller man. business, like people are listening to, uh, you know, things you're saying and content you're putting out there. So I think that's pretty awesome. Pretty cool. Um, well, thanks man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So I guess for people that don't know your system do you want to kind of explain your system just give a little quick kind of run yeah sure yeah so i have uh i have three tanks they're all plumbed into one system uh you know one sump uh the biggest uh tank is i would say about 400 gallons and then the uh i have a i have a drop-off uh im in my wall uh which is 70 gallons and then I have another, uh, like, I call it like a sump tank, because honestly, it's it's really just extra height for overflow uh, in the event that my power were to cut out. So uh, 
water doesn't get on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I have that tank too, but obviously it's packed up with corals and I got a nice big uh, uh, mangrove in there as well. Um, and then that's all plumbed into a Bashi, uh, I think it's called a 220. I'm not sure like if he puts numbers on it, but it was a custom build anyways. I, I, I extended it out a little bit. So, uh, it's, it's, I think it's, uh, 48, uh, inches long. And so the, the whole system is about, uh, 600 gallons. Yeah. That's pretty, um, pretty solid water volume is one of those smaller systems kind of a place you can quarantine in, or is it kind of like, like, how do you go about that? I have been very, uh, selective on, on what types of corals I've been collecting recently. Um, I do a pretty extensive like dipping process. Um, yeah. and, I, I usually it's each each tank is pretty close to being species specific. So if I'm taking in, say, like an SPS coral, which is extremely rare and usually I only take them in from about three people, yeah. um, I usually put that in the non SPS uh, tank so that if it were to have any sort of issue on it, uh, I would be uh, catching it before it could spread to other uh, yeah. acros. However, um, I do such an intensive like dipping process, uh, not only just like debridement of the coral, like when it comes in, like off of the plug and, and, and chopping off basically the bottom half of yeah. the, uh, piece of coral, um, sawing it if, if it's like an LPS or something like that, and, uh, you know, then scrubbing it and then dipping it in bare for about an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, I actually lose about half the corals that come <laughs> into my system, no way. uh, yeah. from, from my process, which is unfortunate, but, yeah. um, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Cause I've, I've, I've had, uh, to deal with, uh, like all of the problems that reefers run into, whether yeah. it's acropore eating flatworms, uh, black bugs, white bugs, red bugs, you name it. I have seen it. Luckily it's been about, I would say since 2016 was the last time I had an issue like that. Wow, that's a good run. Um, yeah. So I'm on a good run. Uh, and I'm just, I'm over, I'm oversaturated in, in, in the coral department anyways. Like everything mm-hmm. is just growing into each other. It's just absolutely nuts. Yeah. Uh, luckily, um, I found, uh, and or developed, um, an, an intake treatment for all of the above. Uh, so even Acropora eating flatworms, um, uh, is, is, uh, I have an intake treatment for okay. that as well. I'm, are you uh, wanting to disc- bit- Yeah. Okay. I hold that one a little bit more close to the cuff because not a lot of people uh, know about that. Uh, but it is on the internet. You just gotta find like yeah. look, look in the right spot. Yeah. But it was being used for a, a different purpose, and I hypothesized that it might be useful mm-hmm. um, in a uh, acropora eating flatworm uh, tank infestation, uh, where my friend uh, down south I, I won't I won't name any names, but. I went over to uh, bring him some torches and stuff, and like I, I, I looked at his system. He didn't think anything was wrong, and uh, I immediately saw like those, you know, uh, yeah. diagnostic uh, yeah, stigmata of yeah. the of the uh, flatworm inf- infection. And I said, "Bro, you got flatworms, like no question." But um, he was planning on doing some treatment for an, an ulterior thing. And I said, well, Hey, I mean, you could try to see if that, that works for the, for this as well. You should just probably just up the dose. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it ended up working. So uh, pretty, pretty cool thing there. Um, so all is not lost. The problem is, is that, you know, when you, when you dose these medications, um, you're losing a lot of that microfauna in, yeah. in, in the tank. Yeah. And then you run into problems with like cyano, uh, you know, dinos and stuff like that. Yeah. So I mean, you, those microfauna definitely, I do find when you have a good population, you just have a lot less film algae on the surfaces and algae, I think has a less chance of taking off in the first place because they get it at that, you know, micro level. I totally, totally agree. Um, I, I, so I, I dosed it into my tank um, because I had heard that it could also kill uh, Asterina starfish. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I had the same opinion as, as, as Jake, um, the late, late Jake from, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, reef builders. Um, that Asterina starfish are not harmful for corals, but however they can become unsightly. I did try it for that. Didn't kill any of the starfish, but it killed about all my snails. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I was hoping that it would kill the vermidids, but it didn't kill those. I mean, you know, obviously those those. Uh, so, like in 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 my system, I have like Aptasia, very well controlled. Um, what the Aptasia I have it. The, the the spot that I'm having difficulty with is actually in the back of my drop off, mm -hmm. but in my drop off tank I manage the Aptasia with like about twenty um, uh, of the correct type of the uh, peppermint shrimp. Yeah, and then in my big tank I have this beautiful copper band which is absolutely wonderful yeah. in in this regard. And then in that other small tank I have a bunch of copper band as well. Yeah. Um, so the three, the three, uh, like if you want to call them pests, which I, I will call them pests, uh, would be like, you know, vermidids, which I feel like are impossible to, uh, get away from. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's a dip that you could do. Um, possibly if you were to kind of up the dose of this certain medication, I think that that would be, uh, a viable option, but, uh, uh, so vermidids and, uh, asterinas and, and aptasia. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm not going to uh, sort of gouge you too much on it, but I had accidental success with acro-eating flatworms and fenbendazole um, probably about, I don't know, five years ago. I was treating for clove polyps, and uh -huh. uh, I, had, I had some flatworms at the time, not a bad infestation, and I remember checking one of the colonies that tended to be like one of their favorites. <laughs> you know, they always yep. have favorites. Um, yep. and I found eggs, but I dipped it and no adults came off. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Cause like, how would there be eggs and, and no adults? The adults would have had to have been there to lay the eggs. Um, and then gradually, like, I just never saw them again. So whatever that amount of the, ed uh, medication that was in the, the rock and the water, um, even so eliminated the babies. Yeah. So, I mean, then you already have the answer there. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, so there is, uh, the fenbendazole is an anti-helminthic, um, medication, which means it's anti, uh, like worm helminthic is like, uh, you know, we use these medications, um, not so much in the United States, but, you know, in Africa where people have intestinal parasites, uh, with, with worms and hookworms and stuff like that. Uh, in, in those countries, we use them commonly, uh, to treat, uh, intestinal, uh, uh, worm infestation, yeah. uh, as well as, uh, hookworms and stuff like that. But, um, in dogs, uh, very commonly, um, this medication is used as a dewormer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's basically exactly what the, uh, what the medication is that 
uh, my friend was using. So he had uh, read that uh, it eliminated clove, clove polyps. And I, and I looked at it and I said, well, this is an anti-helminthic medication. You could probably double the dosage and get to the point where you might be able to actually eradicate this without um, the without the uh, need for the dipping process that I had recommended him in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, lo and behold, after I think it was about a, a four-week process, he, dipped, he, uh, he dosed it um, once a week for four weeks uh, that uh, he was successful yeah. in, in eliminating them completely. So cool. Yeah. Very, very interesting thing. The problem is, is that it just, it kills a lot of stuff. Yeah. Especially yeah. snails are very sensitive to it. Any mollusks seem to be yeah. affected pretty easily. And, you know, um, my other, fr- uh, <clears throat> my, uh, th- th- there's a guy, God, I always forget his name. He's on Instagram, but, uh, he's got like a, a million followers, but, uh, He's in Mexico, um, and he has a beautiful tank. And he was straight up just dumping bear into yeah. his tank. <laughs> Have you seen that video? Well, no, I haven't seen the video, but I thought about it before because the first time I used bear, I didn't know that you have to wash the corals a lot better than you do with other dips. Like it really gets into the pores. And Uh I had dipped like an order that came in and I put it in the tank and I just noticed like pods, like dead pods floating all over the tank. And I was like, shit, all my pods are dying. And I kind of learned that the hard way too. But it crossed my mind that I was like, well, the tank was actually fine after this. I probably lost like a large percentage of my pods in the tank, but it made me think like, could you figure out the dose and actually dose direct to the tank with the bear? Yes. So uh, this guy, I, I I will I will find his uh, his Instagram because people should follow him. He only speaks uh, Spanish, but mm-hmm. um, he's got a great tank. He he yeah. he just uh, uh, broke his one tank down and he made like this floor pond system. It's really cool. Um, but, uh, he, so he doesn't measure, he was just dumping it in. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend ran into a problem with, uh, black bugs and those can be notoriously very difficult to mm-hmm. eradicate even with that, uh, Melby, Melbomycin, whatever, Max, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, even with that medication can be, can be pretty difficult. You have to go 10 times the recommended dose that you would yeah, find on it's like true. I do. Reef I've, I've been there. Whatever. I've been there. Yeah. 10 times yeah. what the so, red bugs are. Yeah. Yeah. So he, they restrict the amount of medication that you can purchase. So I was just like, well, bro, I mean, uh, there's this guy in Mexico that's just throwing Bayer right into his tank. Why don't we try that on your tank? <laughs> so, yeah. um, uh, so we did, uh, we made up a dose, like just some arbitrary thing. And mm-hmm. basically we did it to like the visibility of the water. Mm-hmm. We, we dosed it to like the visibility of the water. Um, and the, the next day, I mean, his sump was like two inches of, all this junk, like, yeah. you know, Asterinas, uh, you know, uh, those worms, what were they called? Yeah, again? Br- I don't Bristol have, worms, things Bristol like that. Bristol worms. Yeah, spaghetti uh, worms. And then, like, the spaghetti worms yeah. and all of that. He had, like, just a film of it. He sucked it out. We didn't even do a water change. We just replaced, the, um, we replaced it with carbon. Hmm. Fish did totally fine, which I was like, I couldn't believe the fish wouldn't get hurt from that. Seems like... 
it might maybe it'll kill them slowly and yeah it could cause run with cancer or something like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah which is sounds sounds terrible but all of his fish did really well um all of his corals did did very well and so we did that we separated that out by like uh three days uh with again making all of this up yeah um three days uh apart with dosing we 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 dosed for uh a full month straight and he was able to eradicate uh all of those bugs as well. Crazy. Well, it's definitely a don't try this at home, folks. Moment. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah definitely. But uh, there's, yeah. there's, yeah, there, that, that's, that's the thing. Is it's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's costs and benefits to each, each one of these treatments. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I mean, obviously, best case scenario yeah. with any kind of treatment you want to do to a coral, you can do it outside of the tank, but it's just not always an option. So, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess uh, since the last time we chatted, which was on uh, Reef Dudes, um, I think since then you've started a couple things a little differently. Are you you've been doing moonshiners for about the last year or so? Wow. Yeah, I've been I've been doing moonshine. Man, I think it's been at least a year. Um, It's been absolutely fantastic. I I can't recommend this uh, this regimen to people uh, more. I really, really love it. Um, I have to say, like the the day after that, I dosed a bunch of fluoride into the tank. I came down, and, and the corals were clearly like just happier. You dosed fluoride into um, so, the tank. Uh, fluoride. Fluoride. Yeah. Fluoride with an F. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, really, really love the program. People kind of get overwhelmed with it because there's a lot of like, I, I don't know. I I was kind of like thinking that I would be overwhelmed with it. Mm-hmm. But really it's just, it's very simple. You just start off with an ICP test. You send that in reef moonshine has its own reef moonshiner MS ICP, which is the one that I recommend. It's the more expensive one mm-hmm. on their, on their website. I think it's $65 or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, they send that into Oshiamo. You get your results and basically um, th- there's a handbook that comes with the program. Yeah. But I, I, I actually never read yeah, I, I just, I basically just followed these few simple instructions. Yeah. Send in the ICP, get your results, uh, get your numbers that you have for each of the elements, and then you take those numbers and you put them into the Reef Moonshiner calculator, which is an Excel spreadsheet, mm-hmm. and then that's going to pop out uh, recommendations for how much you should be dosing either daily or corrective dosing and stuff like that. You do the corrective dosing and then the daily dosing, you know, people are like, I can't do it daily. Well, that's fine. You know, Devin does it once a week from Reef Dudes, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I probably would do it more often than that. I, I do it daily because it's so quick. I mean, yeah. I have uh, – you know, I have a 600 gallon system and my daily dosings take, take me under a minute. Yeah. I, and my, my understanding is some of those elements, some of the, the metals and whatnot, they get used, um, you know, they're not bioavailable for very long either. And they, they get yeah. taken up quite quickly. So you probably would see more benefit from the daily dosing daily than, dosing. than weekly. Yeah. Um, totally agree. So you said you noticed a pretty big difference right away from dosing, getting some, your fluoride up. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that is like one of the probably more crucial ones that no one really pays attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the moon, uh, uh, my fellow moonshiners, uh, will, 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 will obviously pay attention to fluoride, but, uh, Triton, I think they just added a fluoride, That's good. Yeah. uh, value. 
um, because they had the fluoride supplement, but they never tested for it. So I was like, hmm. what's, what's the yeah, point of selling this? Just but, throwing it in? Yeah. To see me. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Well, and that's, and yeah. And, and Andre says it's a pretty dangerous element. And yeah. so, um, you know, he, the other thing is, is like Andre's super responsive. It's a, it's a, it's a small business, which I think is growing pretty, pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, for him. And, uh, I, I, I think the program, I, I will personally never run a tank without, uh, without this system mm. ever again. No way. Yeah. 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 My understanding with fluoride is it has a relationship with iodine and I think one of the other halogens. And I think, uh, I heard Claude from Fauna Marin talking about it and it's like, it's a relationship that's, that's pretty important, but you were saying Claude visited you. This Claude was supposed to come. Oh, he didn't uh, make it. Yeah, Claude and Alexander from Abyss, Claude from uh, Fauna Marin, and uh, Alexander from Abyss were supposed to come over today with Carlos from Hydros, but unfortunately, something it's it's Saturday today, right? It is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I'm sorry, I never know. I just know it's a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were supposed to come over today, and uh, something came up, and they had to fly out. But they'll be back next year, and they said that they're going to stop over here first yeah. when they do. I'm such a huge fan of Al- uh, Alexander. I think he's awesome. Yeah. I really love the Abyss pump. It's it's, it's the main it's the heart to my system. So that's, that's cool. the pump that I use. Yeah. Yeah. And something uh, with the, I do the Fauna Marin ICPs. That's kind of my like most accessible, quick ICP here in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. And if you do the total ICP, you get some of the relationships between some of the elements and it's uh, it's, it's a lot, it's oh, a lot to cool. take in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it'll so talk Con- about the ratios. Connor, I told Connor uh, from, from Hydros, Connor Sloan that, uh, Alexander and uh, Claude were going to come over and he's like, Claude's going to sell you on the, on the Fauna Marin ICP. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'll have to talk to Andre first to see what he says, <laughs> because whatever Andre says from like the, the chemistry perspective, I totally listened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a, a lot of different opinions for me. I think from like the biology perspective mm-hmm. um, and I don't tend to listen to him from like the biology perspective of things, but uh we, you, you were talking about how fluoride is related to iodine and stuff like that. Well, that's absolutely true, just like how magnesium is related to calcium. Mm-hmm. It's basically any of those elements that are located in the same column of the periodic table um, can result uh, in them swapping out the, 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 uh, the ion for a different one in the event that that ion is low. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you're, you've, you've obviously heard of, you know, it's been so difficult for me to raise my calcium. Well, did you check your mag? Because yeah. your mag is probably low and that's why. So when you have like a, a hole in the magnesium department, you're not able to replenish the calcium because the calcium is being sucked up for what would normally be used for like a magnesium roll and things. So, um, very, uh, yeah, very, it's, it's, it's very cool, uh, to, to, to realize that. Um, and, and like I said, I'm sure in the reef moonshiner handbook, I'm sure it's full of very awesome information and like what each element is used for. Mm-hmm. But like, if I'm just shooting for a number, I'm just, gonna yeah. Shoot well, for the number. and the other thing is at the end of the day, like I've, Andre has said, I've heard him say that he doesn't really know exactly what elements 
do well i mean he knows kind of what elements do what but it's it's all of them working together that gives you the success it's not like like you can't Absolutely. say hey should i just focus on my level of my nickel or my you know like you know zinc or something like that he says it's the relationship of all of them together he's like i don't know why but all of them together seem to just synergize and and work in a way that you know gives you color like what what's the main thing you notice was it growth was it vibrance like overall saturation of color like all of the above, but yeah. also I would say like the poofiness of the flesh, mm-hmm. especially on Euphelia. I, I noticed that that was like just the, like the day after I, I, I did my first corrective dosing, I just noticed that all of my Euphelia was just extremely poofy, like mm-hmm. just fuller. And like the flesh band was like poofier. Um, and I, at that moment, I was like, all right, I'm sold. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't do the ICP every, every month, you know, I do it every three months. Um, and that's fine for me. Um, you know, I was doing it without any, you know, before. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's totally fine to kind of, uh, make it the, the way that's easier for you to do the, do the Mm -hmm. program. It doesn't need to be followed with a, you know, exact precision. Um, I will say that, uh, Andre actually made a post about, rubidium Mm -hmm. um being helpful for um mushrooms and wow i completely (laughs) agree uh because i started overdosing so i've always had a problem with mushrooms especially discosoma Mm -hmm. i've lost probably 30 at least 30 like i wouldn't think of you to be a person that would lose a mushroom (laughs) oh my god i lose so many mushrooms i was like i can't i just I didn't know what 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 uh, what it what it was. I had no idea, mm-hmm. um, and so I started overdosing the rubidium, and ever and, and this is ever since day one. So I got into the hobby in 2010, and never was I ever able to keep uh, mushrooms. From day one, I was able to keep SPS, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I. I think it's because I'm more of like an like an anal reefer. I think that a lot of people notice that uh, when they leave a tank alone, they don't do anything to it. The mushrooms do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that in those systems, they don't tend to have like a mixed reef. It's it's mostly like a you know a little bit of LPS, maybe a bird's nest and some and a bunch of mushrooms yeah, yeah. or or some acans or something like that. Um, but I think that. I've been hypothesizing recently, again, I can't prove any of this, but um, that possibly heavy SPS dominated reef tanks, which mine have always been, mm-hmm. really, really suck up rubidium at like a rapid rate. And because of that, I've like, you know, I dose like basically 20 times the recommended amount of rubidium wow. um, from from the Reef Moonshiner <laughs> handbook. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's been doing great. Uh, I haven't seen any ill effects. Um, I've just really kind of bumped that up. I was like doing 10 times the amount. And then I just like, was just like, let's see how far we can take this. And I did 20 times the amount. I haven't um, done a recheck um, in in a while, but my rubidium is always low. Well, what is uh, um, rubidium as an element? Can you, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's on the fauna ICP, so I'm not super familiar would, with it. I would have to check the periodic table. Okay. This, I, um, I do fact then, check episodes here and there, so that's a good one to uh, <laughs> look yeah, up the video. Yeah, that would, that, would, yeah. that would be a great uh, a great thing to fact check. Um, I, you know, I don't have my computer yeah. by me. I'm curious, Baby, too, can you look up? Um, like, 
you know, toxicity level or if it has like, you know, if there's a certain point where you really have to watch out for it, like, you know, we know there's the more dangerous elements in the like harmful elements category, like tin and, and, and arsenic and things like that. But I don't think right. it's one of those super hazardous ones. Um, you know. hold, hold on yeah. one second, Adam. The, the food's about to come here. Can you pick it up? Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, yes, agreed. Um, and, uh, I will also say that, um, when you have, I, again, I, I, I don't have any like evidence for this, but I find a lot of my clients that have problems with their tank. Number one, ever since starting the reef in China, it's, it's, it's been so easy for me to give advice to people because the first thing that I always say is check an ICP. Yeah. Um, and obviously I ask about the salinity first. Um, but, uh, uh, can you type in periodic table into there for me? Yeah. Thank you. We need it. We need a Jamie. Um, uh, we need a young Jamie. Yeah, I, I got my <laughs> girlfriend over here, um, <laughs> graciously helping me out with, uh, with this. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, um, I, I always find that when they're having uh, a ton of problems with find uh, finding out like what's going on uh, with with their tank, um, that uh, their ICP tests are always completely whacked out. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. And and it's like, oh, I'm having problems with green hair algae. I'm having problems with cyano. I'm having problems with dinos. All those types of things, like I've mentioned the red field ratio, and obviously this is this is very important. <laughs> but even with people with perfect red field ratios, com- like confirmed on uh, ICP, even with those people, um, you you still have I've still seen problems with with people uh, having issues with um, with yeah, those, those, and it's uh, probably like we were talking about too, like the iodine fluoride, like some of those other ratios are probably like a big part of it as well. Um, absolutely, you know, people will sometimes give me their their water specs and be like, you know, my my alkalinity is eight point five, my um, you know, my calcium's great. It's five twenty-five, and I'm like, no, it shouldn't be five twenty-five. <laughs> like, like that's your ionic balance is not right if your calcium is five twenty-five. Your seawater yeah. only has so much space for all of those, you know, those elements yes. to be in it. So, yeah. Um, yes, I totally agree. And um, uh, the other thing is, is uh, I was having problems with scallies and. Mm. Um, I had kind of went the Chris Meckley um, way of thinking that calcium wasn't that important. And I mm-hmm. did that for about a year. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I ended up testing my calcium when one, when some of my gonies were coming by. My friend had suggested that, oh, it's a calcium thing. So I was like, well, I haven't tested calcium in like four months. So mm-hmm. I should. I tested my calcium. It was 250. My all of my scallies, yeah, two fifty. <laughs> wow. uh, all of my scallies um, were were were. Sorry, my dogs are going nuts right now. Can you can you uh, put them back outside, baby? Um, all of my scallies were like bleaching out and yeah. not doing good. They were kind of receding too. Um, and it ended up being the calcium cause I, I, I fixed the calcium. That was the only thing I changed. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, it completely went back to normal. I have the, I have the uh, periodic table up okay. here. Yeah. Let's take a um, look at that. but yeah, hold on a second though. In rubidium. Of course. 
I'll probably have to get back to you on this. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not finding it here. It, it, it's, it is on the, cause usually like when I, it's so it's the, 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 uh, acronym is RB. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at the uh, Google here. Rubidium is a soft, silvery, white metallic element of the alkali metals group. Um, alkali metal. Yeah. I don't know which. Oh, it's look at that. It's in the first column. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's in the same column as things like potassium, hmm. sodium, okay. lithium. So this can kind of give us some ideas as to as to, and it, and it's right next to strontium yeah. as well. So w whenever it's in the same same column, that means it has the same charge, and cells yeah. will use um, use uh, atoms with the same charge interchangeably in the event that something is low. Because in the homeostasis world of things, uh, the uh, the the thing that trumps everything is 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 ionic charge, and the charge needs to be balanced across mm -hmm. the membranes. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if soft corals really really need that rubidium. Mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah, I mean, I, I it all I know is that you know I only like to change one thing at a time. I'm not yeah. one of those guys that's like I'm gonna do five things because I think it's all of these things combined. I do one thing at a time. And that was the only thing that changed uh, during the time from when I was having problems with mushrooms and now I'm able to keep them. Yeah. I'm growing them. I mean, I'm I mean, that's really the only way we me. can really get anything we can kind of say is like semi hard data from our, you know, hobbyist perspective, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, mm -hmm. if you're only changing one thing and you're sure everything else was consistent, um, you know, you've got, You've got something of a data point. I mean, it's not a true scientific study, but yeah, I mean, I, I trust that. Um, if anybody else like listening to this podcast, if you've added rubidium and seen any changes, I would be interested to uh, to hear from that about that. So yeah, um, yeah, awesome. interesting. Um, so just I'll, I'll move past this moonshiners thing soon. But um, are you doing water changes or are you kind of sticking to the kind of limited water change? No. thing? the only the only water change that I do is you know I'll I'll take out. Uh, water for a dip um mm -hmm. and to to dip an lps to get it you know more poofy or whatever mm -hmm. and, or to, you know sometimes I'll, I'll i'll probably do about 10 gallons a week out of a 600 gallon mm -hmm. um in regards to making dip I, I'll, I'll i'll make a dip like once a week uh you, you know the kind of either the kfc dip um for my euphelia um, or, uh, I have the OA dip, the oxalic acid dip, uh, mm -hmm. that I do for, um, um, uh, 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 well, uh, goniopora and mushrooms, mm -hmm. uh, seem to really love the oxalic acid. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Dip. Yeah. Yeah. I have some, and, um, and I, it's actually Jake told me about it pretty like before oh, any did. data kind of came out on it. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess Julian Sprung is doing a study on it, and Chris Meckley's involved in that. So I think we'll have some oh, cool. some data. I I think that's who's working on it. Um, but we'll have some data on some actual treatment process for it. So um, yeah, yeah. The 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 limited amount of information that I've seen out there is like there was a uh, a couple guys uh, dipping their wellsos in it, and I was having problems with wellsos. Mm -hmm. um, not wellsos. Sorry. Uh, what are they called? Scullies? No, no, not Scullies. Um, Acanthos? 
No, not acanthos. It's it's the ones with uh, elegance, uh, not yes. Welsos. Yeah. Elegance. Uh, that's that's the one. I was probably having uh, issues with with elegance, and I started uh, reading to see if there was anything else out there because I had tried everything: the KFC dip, all of that other stuff, mm-hmm. and Cipro and whatever, uh, and and Julian Sprung's two little fishy stuff, and uh, and nothing was working. So um, I ended up. Uh, you know, stumbling upon a small article on, I think it was Reef to Reef, uh, where some guys had used OA and uh, they had m- measured it out to be one parts per million. And like, that's really hard to do. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I did a half a tablespoon um, for, uh, you know, 10 gallons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seemed to be a, I kind of did it to, to the tint of the water mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't all dissolve. It, it, it does actually, I think, supersaturate and then uh, whatever's uh, above that point kind of just drops out of the water column. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I did it. I did it to that. And um, man, I I threw the Welsos in there because I was like, there's nothing to lose here. These guys are going to die anyways. The next day they looked excellent. The next day after that, they looked even more excellent. Seven days later, they looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started using them for that. And then I was just like, Hey, I'm having problems with these gonies. Might as well throw them in there too. See if it works. Same thing. Huge um, difference. yeah, cool. Yeah. Huge yeah. difference. Huge difference. I, I don't know what it is because the mechanism of action is supposedly very similar to ciprofloxacin, yeah. but yeah. we don't use OA, uh, and, and ciprofloxacin is a fluoroquinolone. Um, OA is, is, is not something that you actually even use. In yeah, it's not used in humans. Yeah, less, yeah. And it's not, I understand it's not as broad of a spectrum as Cipro. It's a, it's a similar, okay. similar spectrum, but not as broad. So, okay. Um, yeah, I, I haven't gotten too deep into, uh, the mechanism of action or even if it falls within the fluoroquinolone, uh, type of antibiotics. My thinking is that it does not at all because all the fluoroquinolones, uh, uh, have, Floxacin at the end of them, levofloxacin, ciprofloxacin, all of those antibiotics mm-hmm. they all have, uh, they all fall within that class uh, that have that uh, uh, ending on its suffix. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so that was really interesting to me. So, those are kind of the newer developments. Yeah. Uh, another new thing that I've been doing is uh, uh, due to the research of uh, of, uh, of, um, of a friend of mine at CRT, uh, coral reef tank, uh, you know, Hung Vo mm-hmm. and Alan Vo yeah. there. It's kind of like a dad and, and yeah. son kind of thing. They live over in Burbank. And, um, so it's just pretty close. And he brought over like this squeeze, squeegee bottle. And he's like, dump this in your tank. I'm like, why? <laughs> he's like, just do it. And I'm like, so I did. And I, and I okay. threw it in there and my whole tank turned white and I'm like, Oh God, what did I do? Um, but basically he's been, um, um, uh, experimenting with, um, inducing the uptake of like coral foods into bacteria Mm -hmm. and like engorging bacteria with these coral foods Mm -hmm. and using like this catalyst, which is from, um, which is from coral and zoot, uh, and mixing all of these bacteria and uh coral food and fermenting them for like really? an extended period of time huh. and then taking that and dumping it into the tank because we all know that corals eat bacteria too you yeah know, that's obvious um yeah. so if we can engorge the bacteria with uh with these uh 
food products like from Benepets and and from um, Fauna Marin mm-hmm. uh, is is kind of in his in in this elixir that he's invented. Uh, so I ended up buying all the products that he was using to make make this uh, to make this stuff. Oh, look at that guy. Um, it, <laughs> it, it, and he gave you the process of the fermentation, because I would wonder if some of those food products would kind of break down and lose some of their nutritional value if they're, you know, stable. Totally. In it, you know, totally. Um, and fermentation might be like kind of the wrong word, but basically, yeah. basically like there's two products from Coral and Zooked. It's like uh, the Zeobac something mm-hmm. and this other uh, catalyst that uh, they sell. Um, which if you add these two together, you increase the amount of, uh, bacteria reproduction rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, that's their marketing and like how they sell the product. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, not really into that kind of like side of things like with marketing, but, you know, Alan came over, he was all excited. Cause he's like, I found a new polyp inside the polyp. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but it's just like, you know, so, you know, so I, he's like, well, it's, it's the feeding polyp. Cause like, you know how, like, you know, you, you have your SPS and they have their polyps, but yeah. then if you look at them at nighttime, it's like you, th- there's like a little string. Yeah. The polyp, axial polyp is kind of like a super yeah. polyp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. axial polyp, and he's like, I've been able to express that ac- uh, this extra polyp um, uh, during the day as well. And yeah. I was like, Well, that's cool because it makes the corals look cooler, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, You know, I just throw it in. You know, I completely trust Alan, so yeah. Um, I I threw this, you know, basically smelly ass stuff. That, well, that's what tank. I was going to ask you: is how bad did it smell? <laughs> oh, it smelled so bad. It smelled so bad. <laughs> Because like he uses uh, he uses the product um, from um, Fauna Marin too. Oh, it's called that like, stuff uh, smells horrible. I know what you're talking organic, about. Organic? No, no, not the organic. Yeah, uh, the the something S. I, I'm, I, I, I know, I know what stuff. it is too. I have it. I just, I yeah, I yeah, don't even dose it that much because it, it smells whatever. so bad. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I it, he he uses that. Uh, and then the coral sprint and all this other and and a lot of products from uh, uh, Aquaforest and stuff. So a lot of yeah. these good companies that that we're all kind of comfortable with. Yeah. Um. He's using all all of all of that stuff, and uh, I've been doing it. I do it about um, uh, twice a week, mm-hmm. and it's totally awesome. Mm-hmm. The other thing is is that um, Alan and Alan's very smart. Uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be on the the podcast actually soon. We were talking. So, oh, yeah, cool, so it'd be cool, to cool, talk to him. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll I'll kind of build him up a little bit. He's a yeah. recent Princeton graduate. Cool. He actually did his dissertation um, uh, in in like marketing or business or something like that on sales of coral. Hmm. Um, and so he's been hypothesizing, which is an excellent hypothesis, I think, that uh, we can actually fight these bacterial infections that we're facing. Not with antibiotics, but with probiotics. And mm-hmm. he has, and I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not stealing his thunder here, but he, in in, in this little elixir that he's invented, uh, he has like uh, probiotics in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say that uh, 
you know, issues that I was having before are not as prevalent as mm-hmm. they were before after I started dosing mm-hmm. this stuff. So, yeah, you know, probiotic and, and microbiome, like, mm-hmm. you know, film on top of the coral and that symbiotic relationship, um, I think is definitely there's there's something there. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, they're animals, we're animals. And our best course of treatment is, you know, is, is micro is developing the microbiome versus just treating something with antibiotics, too. So. Totally. Um, yeah, I'm, totally. I'm all for that. And I mean, the uh, treating our tanks and our corals with antibiotics is a, is a bit of a hot topic right now. And it's there's a lot of fire, totally. fire around it. And because I, and I, I think it's warranted, too, because, you know, it's like it's not to be taken lightly. You know, I mean, totally <laughs> like, you know, we're putting our hands in these tanks every day. And if, you know, we're being exposed to Cipro or something like that, it's, uh, you know, it's all it all compounds and could could cause issues. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm hesitant about it, it but at the same time I do have some it, of those tools if I need them. It, I have them on hand. Yes. Exactly. It could cause issues in the sense that we could be um create and and which is why if you're going to treat the tank, you need to do a regimen. You don't just do it once. Mm-hmm. You do it for 7 days. Um because if you're just going to do it once, then you're wiping out uh, you know, all of the bacteria, uh, but not all of it. You're only wiping out 99.9% mm-hmm. of it, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the numerical value. Well, it's the same of way that most is. antibiotics are, uh, tre- are, you know, treated with humans, right? Like it's a course right. of a treatment. Yeah. It, you have to do a course because yeah. each day you're going to eliminate more and more of it until there's none left, yeah. and that's so you can't just do it. And then when you're dipping with it. You should start the dip with hydrogen peroxide first, mm, mm-hmm. where you're basically dropping a bomb on the coral. Yeah. And uh, Danny from KFC will, will will mention this as well. Like uh, you hydrogen peroxide before and then after the dip, mm-hmm. um, so that if there's any bacteria that you don't like um, left over after the dip, then you hydrogen peroxide them again, so that that doesn't get back into the tank. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's, that's uh, the yeah. most important thing. However, from the human perspective, there's no risk to us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's absolutely zero risk uh, for uh, this to be creating superbugs in humans and stuff like that. Antibiotics are extremely prevalent in our water system. Yeah. They're taken out um, after the treatment of the water and all of that. So um, this is like a drop in the bucket as far yeah. as if you're looking at it from this perspective of like, uh, oh, I'm going to dump this uh, antibiotic-rich uh, liquid down my toilet. Oh my God, am I going to create mm-hmm. a super bug, uh, you know, down in, down in the sewer system? And, and that's just not the case. Well, yeah. So. And I mean, I've been eating meat my whole life that has been raised yeah. with antibiotics. So yeah, you know, exactly. it's part of our lives, whether we want it or not, yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, okay. So I guess on, pro- on the product front, is there anything else you're dosing other than your sort of moonshiners regime? Like, do you have anything else you'd add that's, you feel like you get benefit from? Well, uh, you know, the, I'm, I, I, I ran out of the ability to continue to dose calc and it wasn't keeping up with mm-hmm. my alk. Mm-hmm. So now I'm dosing two part. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. It's expensive. I sold my freaking calcium reactor. I should have never sold it. So you're it. fully off the calc. Cause I would have thought you would have gone kind of No, 50, I'm 50. on the calc. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the or a calc calcium is, reactor. Sorry, not calc reactor. Sorry. Yeah. 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 The calcium reactor. I haven't run the calcium reactor 
since 2000, you know, 19. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. No point in keeping yeah. it then. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. you split between, are you doing like ESV or what's your, uh, I'm actually using Seachem because it's the most potent one. Yeah. 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 Like, is it a pre-mixed liquid or do you just, um, is it trace and, and pre pre-mixed yeah. liquid Seachem, yeah. uh, yeah. fusion one and fusion two is the name. Okay. Um, and then, uh, Andre is, uh, using, uh, Brightwell, uh, I think. Seachem, Seachem, okay. uh, Seachem, uh, um, Kalkwasser. Okay. Uh, which I'm waiting for it to be delivered. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I'm, I'm still on the Evil Empire, uh, Kalkwasser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to switch off of that and, um, uh, and get, get going on this, uh, Seachem thing. So, yeah. That's about it as far as products go. Yeah. Uh, I re, I remeasured, um, someone came over with like a really awesome, um, par meter mm-hmm. and the par that I was getting on my apex par meter was like 800, 900. Mm-hmm. Um, he came over with this par meter and read at the top 500. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, was this an a- Apogee or do you know what it was? Uh, it was the one that plugs into your phone directly. Hmm. Connor, Connor, I, I forget the I name. Think the Apogee is kind uh, of the better popular one that I've seen. They're not cheap. They're, you know, like I think, well, did you see yeah. uh, telegram just posted about something on, on uh, Apogee and this other, um, yeah. Visper, uh, thing. He said mm-hmm. that they were spot on. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about buying that Visper thing for 150 bucks. Oh yeah. I mean, like if, it's, if it's giving you a pretty accurate reading. Okay. So you're saying your par was not as high as you were thinking. Yes. And that was that yes. at the surface or was that at the peak kind of acropora? That was at kinda? the surface and that was yeah. maxed out on all my lights. And wow. I was very, I was distraught. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, because well, I'm so used to saying ah, I run at 900 par, you know, yeah. and, uh, and it's just not true. So now I'm retracting that. Uh, so I want to work with Kessel, uh, to see if I can add some more par and see what we can take it mm-hmm. up to. Yeah. Um, nothing's bleaching out and my, 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 I feel like my torches aren't getting enough light down where they are. So yeah. I was going to add, uh, I was going to do the track lighting, um, but I'm not sure that I'm going to stay in this house. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about that track lighting? Uh, no, but I've done some of my bigger fixtures I've made out of that 8020, uh, the extruded aluminum, and it's super mm-hmm. nice. It's like basically modular, like you can add more more sections onto it. You can add bars, like whatever. So, um, But yeah, yes. not, not familiar. Kessel has uh, uh, started making track lighting, which... Instead of having all the drivers and the wires oh, and all that I shit, see. so it's like a yeah. they plug it right into your uh, your what are you the electric box, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. that's called. So you need a you need a, uh, a certified electrician to come over mm-hmm. and install it over your over your tank. Um, but after that, they put the track lighting. It's in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Though what you do is you just screw the lights into the track. Bam. Um, and then there's like a little. Uh, a uh, small little box next to it, mm-hmm. which acts as like the communication yeah. port. Yeah. Like a little whatever. Um, that sounds so, cool. I mean, anything that gets yeah. us away from power supplies, like um, I don't know if you've heard about the crack, totally. the Kraken that Coral View is oh, coming out God, with. Oh, God, I, I want mean, the Kraken so I mean, bad, it's, man. It's kind Connor of. Connor has one at his house, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, come on. When am I getting mine? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's they, like they, eliminate... they started talking about that too early. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're making us all wait. Yeah, it's. I think. I think it's supposed to come out this year, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I was messaging them about um, it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing pretty soon as well. So fingers yeah. crossed. Nice. Yeah. 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 Because then I can just be be done with all the worry of uh, of electrical problems. My my uh, my house this summer with the with the heat waves and stuff. I I was browning out, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was. It was, you know, very stressful because there, there were two days where my house was browning out. Not, you know, I work ninety hours a week at the hospital, so yeah, um, it 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 can get pretty, uh, you know, pretty, pretty scary there. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, um, sorry, what do you mean by browning out? Uh, basically, like the the electric was fluttering. Oh, it wasn't okay. a blackout, but it was browning out. Mm-hmm. Um, where like the, you, you'd see like the lights would shut off for like a second, then turn back on crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is, is I have a darn Vectra, which if it shuts off, um, and gets turned on too quickly again, it doesn't start up again. So, so I you hate have that to be pump. there. Yeah. 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 I gotta be there to fix it. And I hate that pump because it's just garbage. Yeah. I, I gotta switch that out. I was hoping Alexander was going to come over today cause I was going to try to, Moves a yeah. 200 off of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Endorse that shit. Yeah. 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 You know, the business is just the best pump ever. And people are like, what return pump should I buy? I was like, well, you know, if you have the money, a business is clearly the best one. I mean, it's yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Sounds, sounds like, I mean, that's what I hear from most people that have it. It's like, I mean, I've always had backup pumps, like, so it's never been a huge issue if one goes. But I think if you have an abyss, like, I'm going to say that you're probably going to be good for as long as it's maintained well, it's probably just going to keep running for years and years, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's perfect. Every time I've taken it apart, it's in perfect shape. Yeah. Um, never had an issue with it stalling, which, you know, all the other return pumps I have. You know, surprisingly, uh, I, I find Jabos are 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 uh, pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what I was using before I had the Abyss, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I have in the back. I have two brand new Jabos in the back, and in the event that the Abyss were to you know malfunction or or I would need to replace this. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Yeah. One of, one of the guests I had on the podcast, uh, Leonardo's reef out of uh, Holland, he's, uh, he's all Jabo, like all, all a lot of, almost all his equipment is Jabo and he's, he says it's great. So I'm just like, yeah, you know, and his corals look amazing. So (laughs) yeah, they're not a bad company if they want to, you know, from the, from the customer side of things, I mean, it's, they're probably kind of annoying in regards to IP intellectual property stuff because I've heard some bad things from that department but uh so whatever yeah 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 (laughs) for sure um yeah actually so something I wanted to ask you about I've run this by a couple people um corals that have like the metallic pigments in the base like the PC rainbow kind of convexa types red planet some of those ones I found those for me lately have lost a lot of that metallic base color um, but they mm. grow like crazy. They're they still look good, but they like like I've seen, you know, PC Rainbow in some people's tanks where it's just like almost all gold and super metallic. Oh. And I've I've wondered what, you know, makes that difference. And I, I I mean, I've, it's been suggested that it could just be par related. But uh, I wonder if you have any input on that. That's exactly what I was going to say was par yeah. um, for me, because uh, I've gone to people's houses where the PC Rainbow has been like all red. Yeah. Uh, and it's at the top of the tank. Yeah. Um, and I tend to keep my PC rainbow in, in a lower, lower area where I have the red 
you know, branches and stuff, but at the base of it is yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually made a frag uh, of this stuff waiting to send it back to the Minnesota Zoo because they killed it. Um, <laughs> but uh, the it, it, it's in this little area uh, where it's not getting a ton of light. And uh, it's basically all yellow. It's got like little red tips on it, but it's yeah. mostly yellow. And yeah. I'd, I'd probably say that it's got to be a, a, a par thing because it's it's near where I keep the gonies and stuff like that. It's just the only spot that I can have uh, yeah. frag rack in. So I would probably say that it's a par thing. Yeah. I don't think it's related to any elements or anything like that. I think it's just par. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I've seen tanks before that, and these weren't tanks that were particularly like the person wasn't going crazy with trace elements elements or anything like that but the corals just had more metallic pigment to them you know and and i don't Mm -hmm. recall if that tank was particularly like low light or anything it just like the the corals just wanted to produce more metallic pigment uh and Mm -hmm. you know you would almost assume it has something to do with some of those trace metals but i don't know if what we're seeing as metallic is you know metal you know metallic like it could be something that's reflected that just appears metallic to our eyes and reflects you know based on the the blue spectrum of light that we blast them with right yeah right and i i would be more uh inclined to say that uh it's more reflective of the zooxanthellae yeah the you know the particular strain that's that's making um making that metallic color. I mean, it could be related to, uh, uh, you know, trace elements and stuff like that. The problem is, is that it's so hard to do experiments, um, when you don't have, you know, funding and like, yeah, I mean the, the, the people that are, that, that come, that come the closest to, uh, actual like valid, uh, controlled experiments are probably the individuals over at, uh, bulk resupply, Mm -hmm. um, because they just have so much equipment and so, and, and what appears to be a a good amount of staff that can kind of focus, focus on that. Um, I've kind of fallen off from following them at all. Uh, ever since the whole Tropic Marin thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I would say that uh, in that regard, it's, like, it's, it's just so hard to do, uh, like, valid experiments on our tanks. It's yeah. just really, yeah. really difficult because it's just so hard to keep everything stable. Yeah. Um, and so things change very quickly. Um, and uh, uh, you just have to, you just, if you have a thought, you just need to focus on that one thought. Yeah, it's like we talked about one if, thing at if once. You, if you can stand to do one thing at a time and really let yeah. it play out and analyze. Because, I mean, the other thing, too, is like a lot of the time when you're trying stuff, it's kind of in panic mode. Or sometimes you're in panic mode because something's going wrong and you try three things mm-hmm. because, you know, yeah, if some corals are dying. I'm probably going to do a water change. I'm probably going to throw on some carbon. Like there's like a few basic things that you're going to do. Um, you know, you're totally. going to test everything and then you might make a little adjustment to your magnesium as well, whatever, let's say whatever it is. And there you go. You did three or four things. <laughs> so, you know, right, what was right. the cause? Like, yeah, yeah. no yeah. one knows. Yeah. yeah. So hard. And, and it is so hard to be, uh, holding, holding back on wanting to change all those things at once. Yeah. Um, but when you're in panic mode, you got to do everything that, that you need to. Mode. So like, Uh, I guess along those lines, though, um, you know, because this is the the kind of uh, data we are able to collect. Is there anything 
you have seen as far as pushing limits of certain parameters where you've seen benefit from it? Um, say like, like I know you're, you're a big advocator for elevated pH, but um, say like mm -hmm. higher salinity, higher alkalinity, anything that you've really noticed in that regard? Just pH. Yeah. Uh, pH. I think that once you go above 026, it's not good. Um, yeah. The corals tend to do okay when you're at all the way down to even 022, which is what I've seen people come over and say, oh, you, you, your, your, your salinity is really low. Well, my tank looks great. And mm -hmm. they'll sit, they'll show me videos and stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, it's pretty crazy. But I, I, I tend to keep my salinity at 025. Yeah. Um, and like you said, elevated pH, clearly there's a benefit there. Yeah. Um, there's no question about yeah. that. Um, and then, you know, the other things of like kind of pushing the limits, I would say nutrients. Yeah. So long as the red field ratio is properly, um, done. Yeah. Uh, I don't find any issue with what the actual numbers are just so long as that ratio is correct. Yeah, yeah. and the red field ratio, there's like a – like it's only kind of one kind of comparison point. Like I think from what I understand um, – I can't remember what the study was, but um, it's an example in nature, but it's not necessarily like – like we know that there's a ratio that – how do I explain this – that seems to work well for our tanks that's somewhere in that ballpark. Like if your if your ratio is totally. super, super out of whack and the, you know, it's super high nitrates, super low phosphates. I've actually had that before where I raised my nitrates quite a bit and I didn't pay a lot of attention to phosphates and um, I had trouble with some corals. So um, yeah, there's, there's mm. something, you know, I think, I feel like a good system finds that, that set point and sometimes it's a little on the higher side and if it works for the tank, it works for the tank. Like, what are you kind of running these days? Like, are you testing much or? Uh, so nutrients, the last time I tested, I was at a uh, nitrate of 32 and a phosphate of 0.2. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I find that like when you're at least 100 to 1, um, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I haven't gone to that extreme level where it's like, 0.1 phosphates and like 200 nitrates or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm sure you'd have issues at, at that level for me. And I'm sure you'll probably agree. Nitrates tend to be a little bit more tenuous in the sense that they're consumed more quickly than the phosphate where the phosphate tends to linger and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's, it's usually pretty difficult to get to that level unless mm -hmm. you're actively dosing them in, in, in the tank on a daily basis, uh, which sometimes I do do that. I, I still have the Ludwolf uh, uh, sodium nitrates um, uh, powder, uh, which, which I make um, per uh, – Andre's recommendations yeah. and yeah. I'll dose like 40 mils, uh, into the tank daily until basically the whole liter is gone. Um, when my night, when I find out that my nitrates are low. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you consider I'll, low I, then for, for you? Anything below, you know, anything below, you know, 15. Okay. Interesting. That's, that's too low. That's yeah. too low for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, because for me, because just because I'm so busy, sometimes I don't go into the tank room for like four days. Mm -hmm. um, and if if I don't go in, I'm not feeding, you know. So uh, if they're down at 15 and because I have so many mouths to feed, 
mm-hmm. in there from the coral perspective, yeah, nitrates can drop out so quick. Yeah, um, and and also, I mean, I think a thing to consider based on that is you want that elevated nitrate because your phosphates are also elevated to kind of keep that mm-hmm. ratio. And it's not, it's not, exactly. it's not, I don't want someone to listen to this and be like, Oh, I'm <laughs> so yeah, I've been listening. I listen to podcasts sometimes and I get an idea in my head and I go over the tank and dump some iodine. <laughs> I'll go and do yeah, something, yeah. but it's like, no, no, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. You have yeah. high nitrates because you have higher phosphates. So yeah. Exactly. And for me, exactly. like my nitrates are a little on the lower side. They've been kind of in the, two to five range but my phosphates are around 0.08 0.09 but you got your hands in the tank every day though right yeah probably yeah yeah okay so you have to admit so (laughs) you're 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 paying close attention i and i'm totally on board with people running what i would with with that to me that's an ultra low nutrient Mm -hmm. system Mm -hmm. uh so i'm i'm okay with people running an ultra low nutrient system but you got to be careful because when you go out for vacation or if you're not paying attention uh, to the tank and you're not feeding your fish, that's your normal regimen. And, you know, if you can run into some problems. But yeah. uh, if you have your hands in the tank every day like like you like you do, then, you know, there's there's no problem running an ultra low. Yeah, you're going to you're going to actually have faster growth um, from that perspective. Yeah, uh, I find that the core that the colors are a little bit more paler, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'd experiment with raising, um, probably raising my nitrates again a little bit. Um, I just, you know, been just kind of letting it kind of sit where it wants to sit and see how things look. And I haven't noticed anything get pale. So, um, you know, I think it's just once you reach that level that is it's constant nutrients in nutrients out and it's detectable and slightly elevated, I think that's enough for most corals to be happy. You know, and totally. by having it elevated more than that, you're just really ensuring that it's going to be available and you've got a bit more of a buffer. Totally. Yeah. And that's what uh, natural ocean water is doing. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, obviously, uh, totally OK from from that perspective. If people are wondering, oh, how do I, you know, most most naturally raise these things in the proper ratio? It's got to add more fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I always recommend for tanks that are suitable uh, to find a zebra moray. They're so docile. They are poop factories. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have yeah. to feed them once a week and, uh, they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, good awesome, party, good party awesome trick animals. too. If you have friends over mm-hmm. or whatever, non Oh yeah, totally. They, they yeah. love it. Yeah. Mine is, <laughs> mine is, uh, uh, kind of sick right now. So I have them in a quarantine oh, uh, tank. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really worried about him. Uh, I've had him since, uh, 2016 i'd be really um really hurt if i lost him mm-hmm. uh, i would imagine they live quite a few years hey like yeah, oh yeah mine yeah. mine is mine's five foot long I mean, wow holy uh <laughs> yeah he's he's maxed out like he's he's at le- he's at least four and a half feet yeah um i know that because he he takes up the whole front of the yeah. tank which is four feet and some and he doesn't go uh, after any smaller fish or uh-uh. anything and he like doesn't that. go after shrimp either no wow crazy hmm. no my hawkfish does yeah uh but not him he's too slow yeah <laughs> he's like and too pampered, really slow and probably yeah yeah, yeah. And, and super docile so yeah. i love him i'm working really hard to to get him uh back into shape but yeah. uh hopefully hopefully uh, I can get there. He's been in quarantine now for about a week, and I'm I'm watching these little areas of uh, of what has been told. I'm so bad with fish disease. You would think that I'd be like a, a good 
fish disease yeah. person because I, I'm, I'm a human, you know, physician, yeah. but <laughs> I'm so bad with it because I honestly, it's, it's the least interesting thing to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and my friend uh, quarantines all my fish for me when I'm getting new fish. Yeah, so yeah. I haven't gotten new fish in so long. But yeah, uh, no, we were talking about um, this before we started that we're both terrible with uh, house plants too. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so terrible with house plants and terrible with knowing anything because people think that they show up in my DMs and they're like. Oh, I'm going to get the information about this, this fish thing. I'm like, bro, I have no idea what's going yeah, on. Like, yeah. cause they all look the same to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I, I can't, I don't know. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, man. So, uh, yeah. what did you switch to for salt once you got away from Tropic? I'm on reef crystals now. Oh, okay. Nice. Yep. I'm back on reef crystals after realizing that. I don't know if you probably follow him, Sabella Fella yep, and yep. Uh, Pieces of the Ocean. Yep. They use reef crystals. Nice. He showed a, a video of his Walt Disney and it had pink hues in it. Mm-hmm. And I his remember mine. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they look so good. Uh, I remember mine uh, looking like that uh, when I first started. When I first started, I was on reef crystals. And then I switched to Tropic. Um, right after Tropic. I went to HW after realizing that that's, uh, I think, the oldest uh, salt uh, in the hobby and also the salt that's used by the University of Miami. What's HW? Um, what is that? Uh, HW? I don't know. I just always call it HW. What? HW Reefer. I don't know. Maybe they don't have it in Canada. Yeah. They don't have it in Canada? They might not because I've never heard oh. of it. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Who knows? You never heard of HW? No. Wow. No. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's probably the most popular brand right now in the United States. Crazy. HW, probably that and Red Sea. Yeah. Um, and then after that I was like, ah, screw this. You know, I, 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 I read somewhere that they were like kind of affiliated with Tropic. So I was like, I'm not using this salt, screw this salt. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, but I'm, I'm sure that's not even true. Uh, you know, I just, I'm so butthurt still over, yeah, over the Yeah, you lost a lot of coral. This was, yeah, like, I'll never get over it. Ago. I mean, I, I, yeah. it, it was really the, the stress that, you know, was doing me. I was in the ICU mm-hmm. and I was just pulling colonies out and, yeah, uh, it was, it was bad. Uh, Ugh. but then after that, I went to Aquaforce. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were really great. Um, but then I came up with this, you know, probably again, not so true, uh, hypothesis that, you know, all European salt companies are tainted with mm-hmm. possibly, <laughs> uh, you know, bad, you know, synthetic. Yeah. Because um, because the salt is put together, they mix it together with all these different trace yeah. elements and stuff like that. And when the pandemic happened, there was a 400 uh, percent rise in participation in the uh, in the whole uh, saltwater industry. And on top of that, everyone was using Tropic. And that's yeah. when they kind of started uh, having issues with with their supply and stuff like that. And they opened up that Turkish one. Yeah. And I, I never was able to determine, like, if it was just the Turkish facility or mm-hmm. if the German facility was also involved. And, again, I don't want any beef with these people. But yeah. uh, I, I, I've heard that they're that the salt that they have now is doing good for a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. I have clients um, over here using their salt still, so um, and and they're doing fine with it. So yeah. uh, I'm I'm sure they've remedied the problem. 
what they didn't remedy was 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 uh, was their customer base. Yeah, for um, sure. That, that's that lost a lot that's of what stuff. it sounds like. And I actually switched yeah. to Tropic recently, um, just making sure that it was um, the German, <laughs> the proper German factory stuff. Well, and I got good pricing they, on it, and I, I bought the big commercial bags. So yeah, yeah. No, they, they they shut the Turkish facility down, so yeah. there's 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 no there's no risk from that that yeah. perspective. I think so. Yeah. Um, as far as the reef crystals, do you ever measure it before you do a water change? Like, I'm curious what the alkalinity and stuff is. No, you just do it. Oh, yeah. But you, like you said, you're not really doing water changes like, as, yeah. you know, as a large percentage yeah. anymore. So and I yeah. I try to keep it as low as salinity as possible in my mixing station um, so that when I'm about to to take out water for the dip, that's when I add the salt in. Mm hmm. And then it fills back up automatically with the hydros turning my, my mm -hmm. roadie on once it goes below a certain sensor mm -hmm. um, so that it doesn't, you know, precipitate out like everyone has a problem with. Because one of the best selling points from the Tropic Moon uh, uh, salt was that you could throw it in there and the quality of the, of the mixed salt uh, was the same as if you had just mixed it. Yeah, uh, where that's not true clearly with reef crystals. Yeah, um, yeah, and and reef crystals is so much more grainy. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Sabella fell is using it, so I was yeah. just like, yeah, you know, I remember my WD looking like that, and I'm like, it's the salt, and so I switched <laughs> over to it, uh, and I haven't had any problems with it. I'm liking it. It's it's there. I, I haven't really noticed anything. You know, n yeah. nothing changed. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a different salt. Hopefully I can pull some more, uh, tips out of him cause he's supposed to be on the, the pod too. So, Oh um, really? Yeah. So Yo, if I can track awesome. him down, he's got like a couple kids and young kids and stuff and he's, uh, he's a hard one to lock down too. So yeah, yeah. but, uh, no, that's the, the goal of this is just to kind of like pick, pick at people's brains until they reveal, you know, their yeah. little secrets because, you know, it's like listening to podcasts in general. It's like, you're kind of just hunting for some things that'll be like, Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Or yeah, maybe I'll consider trying that. Like you get like little, little bits of information and see what you want to apply. So, and it's, um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, most people listening to this podcast, I'd say it's more advanced content. So, you know, I don't really need to ask you what your alkalinity is, you know, unless it's yeah. something different. I want to know what's different. Like if you do no, anything, it's, it's not different. It's different. Yeah. It's eight. And I'm testing my calcium now it's four fifty. Yeah, uh, I'm dosing calcium daily now too. Um, so yeah, nothing is different except you know I would say my pH and my nutrients are probably a little yeah. bit out of the ordinary. Um, uh, as far as your feeding, I think that's probably something. I mean, we don't really consider feeding products we dose, but in a way, they kind of are essentially a product we're dosing. Like, are you feeding like a huge range of of stuff still? Because like, I think I saw your feeding regimen at one point, and it was this, 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 <laughs> a bunch of bottles and things. Yeah. So yeah. I switched over to this Alan, Alan thing, and mm -hmm. I'm sure that's what he's coming on and wanting to talk about with you. Yeah. So I won't steal his thunder. In that okay. Yeah. I'm doing that. Uh, and I do mysis and, um, I do seaweed, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't do anything else besides that. Okay. I, I sometimes I do flake the PE mysis, uh, flake food. Um, but usually I'm just feeding mysis in the seaweed. That's it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I wish like, like from the fish food perspective, I wish it were more divor diverse, but that's the one that they seem to like the most. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems so bland to me, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, yeah, it's doing, doing what it has to do. I use, uh, this plankton that's collected in, uh, the, the ocean near here, um, in the peak of the summer. So I got basically feeding cool. my coral, uh, whale food. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think it has quite a bit of ast- astaxanthin, astaxanthin, I'm trying to remember how that said, but that's the, uh, the, the orange color that like crustaceans get. And I think that's why flamingos are pink. It's like the, that keratin, oh, cool. keratinoid or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I wondered if it would uh, be bioavailable to to the corals and actually affect coral color, but it doesn't doesn't seem to. Um, I've talked to a couple people about it, and I don't think it it's something that can be utilized by the coral. But at least my fish probably look, I'd say, a little bit more colorful. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's a yeah. great great food. It's a, about the same size, maybe a little bigger than than mice pea mysis. So similar kind of thing oh so you can actually see it yeah 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 it's 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 plankton it's like marine plankton it's like smaller than krill um but yeah it's uh you know a little uh quarter inch kind of size oh wow maybe half inch yeah yeah that's really cool yeah it's a good food um are you doing any aminos like what's your opinion on aminos yeah no aminos Mm -hmm. no no aminos aminos seem to uh fuel this bacteria thing um, so I don't use aminos anymore. Yeah. No aminos. There, there's obviously aminos already, uh, in the food that I'm feeding. Yeah. Um, obviously like aminos are just the basic building blocks of proteins. Uh, so it, anything that has protein is going to have aminos. I do not dose any, uh, any extra aminos mm-hmm. and Alan's going to come on and part of his regimen is the poles extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the uh, coral and zooks, and I don't use that. Yeah, I don't. I don't throw it in the sneaky blue bottles, the mysterious yep. blue bottles. Um, yeah, the mysterious blue bottles. Yeah. yeah, but but apparently that the poles extra is aminos, and then he had an extra different brand of aminos too. It's like literally like twenty products that he's mixing together. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. which which just goes to show like we don't really <laughs> know what's working and causing this extra polyp yeah. to be exposed, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's working, so that's what I'm I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah. As it's far kinda, as the feeding thing, it's like taking a multivitamin. It's like you know you're probably going to pee most of it out, but uh, some of it's going to be maybe useful to you. Maybe only the vitamin C. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I don't know how much time you have here, so I don't want to keep you too long. If you're I'll probably, if it's cool, I'll probably bounce off now. Is that all right? Well, let me ask you because I usually do these rapid fire questions. So you have motivation Mm -hmm. to answer them in the most rapid way possible. Okay, cool. (laughs) So we can end with that. This is how I end it. So, okay. So first question. And also you can answer non-traditionally. You can give me like a super weird, obscure answer, whatever. Uh, Okay. So favorite SPS. Like street name? You can say, you can say street name. Species, whatever. I don't know, I guess. Like, okay, I, I got, you know, street name, I guess, you know, street name would be the Merlin staff. The Merlin staff? Yeah, that's you know? a sweet piece. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I love the, I, my favorite color is blue. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. All my shirts are blue. And yeah. I do it subconsciously. Uh, uh, I, I, I love the Merlin staff yeah, and, uh, my, my friend was the first person to purchase it off of Route 66 when they had gotten it in back in 2012. 
Cool. And uh, I was the second person to get it. And I just love that. Yeah, I, I think that. those are uh, Acropora Danae from Australia, but I could be yes. wrong. Yeah. I think yeah. you're correct. Yeah. It seems like Route 66 gets most of his coral from Australia. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't, I don't know them sure. super well, but I mean, again, being in no. Canada, but um, yeah. Uh, okay, so favorite fish? Favorite, the, you know, the 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 more deeper more yeah he's he's sweet man yeah okay yeah. uh favorite lps oh god you can't do this to me i know it's I hard to say i i gotta <laughs> say acanthophilia i gotta say yeah yeah no they're it's always amazing. been my favorite yeah. uh, i just love scully so much it's you know, I, I say acanthophilia number one, second is scully. Yeah, you could say, I mean, you could sum that up to meat corals, although I don't love that term, <laughs> yeah. but meat corals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. I love all the meats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite softy? Softy, I don't, uh, I, I mushroom, now that I yeah. can keep them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, that rubidium, <laughs> the rubidium yeah, revelation. Yeah, the rubidium, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, favorite light, you can say like source of light or a particular model. Uh, the the best lights, I mean, I got to say they're probably the Kessels. Yeah. Um, I use the Philips uh, Coral Care um, as kind of like my main source. Um, and I would probably say that those are probably a close second. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of those ATI Stratons, which I think are pretty similar. Oh wow! And they're wicked. They're, I mean, I heard that yeah. those things are amazing. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, favorite product line. If you were to use one product line for you know all of your chemical sort of side of your like your salt, your. You know. Ooh. I know you probably would have said Tropic Marin like a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um. I mean, I. I got to say, I guess, I mean, because, you know, Reef Moonshine? I yeah, mean, sure. It, I it, mean. Yeah, I mean, I would say the Moonshine and then uh, for that. And then I would say, you know, uh, probably Fauna Marin. Yeah, yeah. I think Fauna Marin as a full product line, all of the things yeah. they do, pretty freaking good. I would, say, I would say Reef Moonshine and Fauna Marin. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, favorite aquarium controller? I'm not sure if you have experience with other than Hydros, Apex, 100%. Oh, the Hydros? Yeah. 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 I remember talking That's to right. a rep from Coral View when the Hydros was first made. And I think in like three times in the conversation, he's like, yeah. And then like we were testing it and it fell in the tank and it was totally fine. <laughs> and he like yeah. said multiple times, it was just like his big selling point to me was that they could get wet. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I think you're on to something. <laughs> well, he is. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I was an Apex loyalist Yeah. Uh, for, I would say, six years. Uh, I got them before they had the cloud. You had to build your own website, basically. To, yeah. it, it was so yeah. hard. Yeah. Uh, but and and honestly, they were better back then. But the EVA thirty twos, they just keep breaking. Yeah, I haven't had uh, issues, uh, but I've I hear about them pretty regularly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you haven't swatched swapped out that resistor yet, I highly recommend mm, it. Okay. Um, you, you should just get on it. Um, and, and be ahead of it. I, I, I was, I was burning one out, uh, once a year. Wow. I, maybe it's because of the humidity. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Okay. But yeah. I'm a hydro guy now. Cool. Good to know. Uh, favorite wave pump. 
gotta say, I, I hate saying this, but like, I gotta say Jabo. Yeah, sweet. Another, yeah, another I just, I just, Jabo. I just, <laughs> you know, if, if 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 I if I could afford it, uh, which if I wasn't so invested in the Jabo side of things, I could. Uh, it would be the re- the the Octo Pulse. Mm-hmm. Those are sweet, definitely. Those are really nice. Yeah, yeah. And if I had a big enough tank, it would be that Abyss, that gigantic whatever thing that they have, yeah. that like cannon. Yeah. I wish I could have one of those, yeah, but there's wild. no way it would work in my tank. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next one is, uh, what's your most hated pest? Oh, Aptasia. Yeah. Okay. Aptasia. I yeah. hate Aptasia. They're really I stupid. Think, <laughs> I hate them so much. They could yeah. live in toilet water. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, they're the cockroaches of the of the reef aquarium are. world, aren't they? <laughs> they are, and 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 it's not even like it's it's just that if you lose your shrimp or you lose your copper band, they just just start showing yeah, up. Yeah, you know? true. Yeah. So uh, if if you can control them in in the display, which is how I do it, uh, it's fine. And I for some reason I don't see them in my sun. Hmm. They're not in my sun. I don't know why yeah. they're not there. Uh, but yeah, so it, yeah, it, maybe it. some peppermints went down the overflow and you got a few down there and you don't know. Maybe yeah. possible, yeah. possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Last question. This is kind of more of a thought exercise. Um, so if you had the financial means, the life kind of situation to set up a polo style reef, would you do it? Yes, but I wouldn't do it how he did it. Yeah. I would, I would, uh, I would have it in like a grow house, like a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And it would be like a big pool. Okay. <laughs> and I would, and it would be my pool to go swimming in. But it would be like really deep and yes. But lit yes, with natural would, light. Yeah, with yeah. like natural light. But I would have the supplements too. Yeah. For like when I, you know, when people, um, you know, w- w- when I for nighttime. Yeah. And stuff. Totally. So totally. I could have the blue light at nighttime. Yeah. And 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 really see the corals. But that's how I would do it. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, I like the different takes on it. Some people have said like they would they would do it, but they would want it to be a public available, you know, situation where people could, you know, <laughs> come and check probably it. be good to yeah. have it there. Yeah, yeah but uh-huh. uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. I hope to see it in person one day. Yeah. Yeah. OK, cool, man. Well, thanks for your time and uh, finally thanks, getting together with me. Um, really and, appreciate it. Yeah. Man. I, and I, I appreciate yeah. your patience with me. Uh, it's been crazy with the residency and everything so no all good man all good thank you okay well let's do this again sometime absolutely absolutely sounds good man thanks man thanks for having me on and and, uh if anybody has any questions or anything uh you can pop into my dms on instagram uh chummy hamstery yeah sweet appreciate it thanks adam talk to you soon have a great night you too bye thank you for listening to this episode of beyond the reef with Ryan Cunningham of Chummingham's Reef. Make sure you check out his amazing corals at chummingham'sreef.com. I will link to the resources and products discussed in this podcast in the show notes. And if you have any suggestions for future guests, want to just ask us a question, make a suggestion, make a criticism, whatever you want to say, feel free to reach out at beyondthereefpod at gmail.com. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and leave us a review. And if you're looking for high-quality aquacultured corals in Canada, please check us out at fraggarage.ca. Hope to hear from you soon.